1: If he's 5'10",
2: 190 pounds, and probably doesn't work out at all, and then Anthony
0: Richardson has like a Cam Newton-esque workout, which I think is distinctly possible, then I think you will start to get a lot of those, hey, this guy should be the first overall pick because he has those high-caliber traits.
3: Chris Trapasso from CBSSports.com. It is Draft Talk. Back to the Sabres. Back to hockey. Back to a a goalie rumor involving the Sabres. We'll get to that in just a moment. Joe is in for Jeremy. Thanks for hanging out with us. 803-0550 to join us this morning. The NFL Combine is going on this week in Indianapolis. And actually, uh, Brandon Bean, Bill's GM, will speak to the media in Indy uh, tomorrow morning at 10.15. It is time to talk about the draft by going to the West Her Hotline. We are joined by Chad Forbes. You can find him on Twitter at NFL Draft Bites. Chad, it is uh, Howard and Joe. Good morning. Welcome to Combine Week. Good morning, exciting time. You yeah, I'm sure you've got your um, your tape measure and your stopwatch and whatever other tools you'll need for measurables. Oh, I'm giddy. I could tell. You know, look, I'm making a little bit of fun of the Combine because I do think Chad there is a tendency to overreact to stuff that goes on in Indy. Having said that, are there a is there a most intriguing subject or are there most intriguing subjects in terms of the prospects who've been invited to Indianapolis that you will be keeping an eye on this week?
1: Well, away from the quarterbacks and as it relates to the Bills and really the NFL in general, I'm excited to see the wide receivers work out. There's a couple of the undersized guys, be it Jordan Addison, Dave Flowers. If you're going to be an undersized wide receiver and try to go in the first round or top 15 in Addison's case, you better run fast. So excited to see those guys. And then also I love watching them go through the gauntlet drill, which is trying to catch the ball. And it really doesn't, translates to the nfl but at least you get to see the guy's hands
3: i'm glad you're excited about wide receivers from the bills perspective chad because we've been talking about that and talking about whether they actually would draft somebody hopefully in the first or day two maybe day two at the latest so let's start on give us your overall picture first and then we'll maybe get into some specifics of this year's wide receiver group a year ago
1: the idea was this wide receiver class was not going to be a strength but you fast forward, and there's six or six guys that could go in the first round, and maybe 12 or 13 guys that could go in the top three rounds. It's got to be priority for the Bills. I, I love the fit of Zay Flowers from Boston College there. To get that done, they might have to trade up. I, I think they need another guy that's really similar to Stephon Diggs, one of those route runners that gets open. They have a type, and you're sure, you can think of replacing a Gabriel Davis being that vertical guy, but you got him back for another
3: year. So I love Addison Smith, Zay Flowers for the Bills. So you mentioned, let's go back to Flowers for a second. You said you love the fit. Why would you love the fit for of Zay Flowers for the Bills?
1: Their type is that route runner that gets open, not like the big body, contested catch, wide receiver. You saw that when they first came in, with, whether it was a Sammy Watkins or a Kelvin Benjamin. They shipped those guys out pretty quickly. And went after a guy like Diggs and tried pursuing and drafting guys that are in that similar profile. And he, I, Diggs, I understand they gave him the extension, but he's also getting close to 30. And eventually you need to think about succession planning. And Zay Flowers and the wide from Boston College and also Jordan Asher from USC, they, they really do remind me of Diggs. <laughs>
3: You said uh, you know maybe six guys in the first round. If for some reason, because I want to ask you about offensive line, I think you could make a case for that for the Bills in the first round. If for some reason they do not address wide receiver, Chad, and we're into day two, what's the group like there? You said maybe another six or so could go on day two. What's that group like? You know, Tank Dell from Houston's an
1: explosive guy. He, he's going to work out really well. The question is his weight. I think he's at like 155 in senior bowl, so that's concerning. Trey Palmer from Nebraska is a guy that I really like. Doesn't seem like many people are onto yet. He's an LSU transfer that had a huge year in Nebraska. You can see you can see other guys that are going to fit into that that day two spot that are more the kind of the outside burner type and not really the route runners. But uh, it's a pretty good group. I don't think it's as good as last year. But it seems like a college game is just producing wide receivers every season.
3: You can make a case in terms of looking at the Bills' needs for offensive line as something might, they might target in round one. Um, and I'm thinking specifically the interior of the line, right? A, a guy who could be a, a guard, maybe hopefully come in and play right away, maybe be a center down the road whenever Mitch Morse is done. What about offensive line ideas in round at the bottom of round one?
1: You know, I heard McBean saying that uh, they're not going to be very aggressive in free agency. And that makes a lot of sense, but you know, if you let Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds both walk, mm-hmm. they're not going to completely sit out on free agents, right? So I see left guard being just something they'll go after in free agency. Mm-hmm. It's a non-premium position you could fill with a guy like Ben Powers or even a, like, kind of a lesser guy. But I don't think you're bringing back Sackle by any means, right. but I think they fill left guard in free agency and then attack wide receiver. The one thing I could see, and, and this is not going to be a popular one, maybe, maybe, on, maybe it's a day two thing. But I can see them going safety, a young safety. They haven't done that in their tenure there. Maybe if Brian Branch was somehow available at 26 and the wide receivers were gone, he'd be really interesting fit there.
3: No, you know, look, we've brought it up. Actually, you jumped my list, Chad, so shame on you. I, I was going to ask you about linebacker, and I think in the safety discussion, I'm very much all in on offense because the Bills have some issues there, and I think they need to rectify those. But the safety discussion's interesting. If Poyer leaves knowing Hyde's only got one year left, and then Edmonds – if he leaves, yes, I do think linebacker gets into the discussion in round one. So let's tackle. You mentioned safety already. So, all right. Let's say Edmonds leaves in free agency. Uh, linebacker, bottom round one, what are we talking about? There's probably not going to be a value
1: pick there. And just the way the fifth-year option works, the linebacker one is really expensive. So you end up in a similar situation with Edmonds where you're paying an off-ball linebacker basically what you should be paying a pass rusher. So maybe a Trenton Simpson's a guy that could intrigue them, but The free agent position, the linebacker is just so strong that I think you can go out and get a guy who's not going to cost as much as Edmonds and then maybe get somebody on day two or day three, whether it's like a Dorian Williams from Tulane. But they actually do really need more of a Mike than a Will with Milano there. So it it could be a little bit of a challenge because it's really not a great linebacker draft class, but it happens to be the strength of free agency.
3: There is one position I want to bring up. There are some mocks out there, uh, Chad, that have to say the Bills should take a running back at the bottom of round one. Again, not a fan of that, but one of the names that's mentioned, I guess maybe the most prominent name is Bijan Robinson. Um, Whether or not you're a fan of the idea, if they added a player like that in the bottom of round one, what would that mean for the Bills' offense? Would that be a smart add to give them a dynamic they don't have? If they take a running back in
1: the first round, he better be an All Pro or Pro Bowler in his first year because they have so many needs and so little, you know, money to spend that to draft you know, to draft one of the cheapest positions to fill in the first round with your premium pick, I think that would just be crazy.
2: And B. John Robinson would be the name for that, right? Generational, I've heard the name or term about him as a back. Maybe since Adrian Peterson, he's the best prospect, depending on who you ask. But I don't know. The more I read about him, Chad, I feel like the the idea that he would even get near the Bills is kind of, it might, might be crazy.
1: I think we should pump the brakes a little bit on the B. John Robinson, this generational running back. Is he a good prospect? Yes, but he's not going to work out. I, I doubt it because his speed just isn't that, that great. And people will say, well, Speed's not that important in running back. And I kind of think it is. And I actually believe Jameer Gibbs, the Alabama running back, is the best one in this draft.
3: We're with Chad Forbes, NFL at NFL Draft Bites is his Twitter handle. A couple other things before we let you go. Quarterbacks, you know, with the Combine this week, quarterbacks are always in the discussion no matter what. Who are the, uh, you know, is it a big week for anybody, Chad? Who are the quarterbacks that you might want to keep an eye on this week?
1: You know, Anthony Richardson probably owes some money to Josh Allen because <laughs> this idea now that a project can work out because Josh Allen is so famously is it really it's a crazy concept. This goes back to production. But Anthony Richardson, sure, it's a big week. Everybody's going to get excited about the tools and how he works out in the shorts. But Bryce Dunn is the best quarterback in this draft. And Richardson may be a year
3: away from being a year away. Chad, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, is there any other stuff going on this week? This is, uh, isn't this a week where there's like, not so legal tampering in terms of free agency. A competition committee is going to meet. Anything else to track in terms of NFL stories this week?
1: You know, I think it's interesting because you start to hear the position the teams are going to target in free agency. Mm-hmm. And the comes out to you is when you hear, oh, we're targeting corners. Well, you know the three or four guys they're targeting, right? They just can't quite say it. So that kind of comes from the agent community. And then, you know, you start to hear a lot of really the trade chatter. And I think people are waiting on this quarterback carousel to start with Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming out of his – Retreat into darkness, and does yeah. he go back to bear the Jets? And I ultimately think he ends up in Vegas. But who, what do I know?
3: No, that's true. I, I did actually. That's I was going to bring that up too. Maybe this is the week he gives some kind of answer. I'm not sure if this is a white smoke, black smoke thing, um, or Carr. I don't know if Carr makes his mind up. We're all still, what the heck is going on in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and and his future? So maybe, yeah, maybe there will be some shoes to drop, if you will, on the quarterback front.
1: Aren't, aren't the, if you come here, we believe that you'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but can you please wait a couple of weeks so we can see if we can get Rodgers?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you might want to backtrack on the first ballot Hall of Famer thing if he shows up in Jersey. Yeah,
1: They're just they're just wild. So the Jets will be the Jets, but uh, if Rodgers can tell a team that he's willing to play at least two more seasons, I think that the trade market term will heat up and Lamar Jackson, you know, Miami doesn't have the picks to acquire, and that's where he wants to go, but yeah. Atlanta would be a really fascinating offense and fit for him.
3: Yeah, I think, the, by the way, the car thing to me, that's like recruiting, colleges recruiting, right? You, if you're Jets, you're like, this is like showing him the locker at Duke. So, you come, yeah, you know what, this is, the, this is the gold jacket, Derek, that you'll get when you come here and play for us. Right, it's like
1: so nice. recruit. you're going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, but we need to wait a couple weeks to give you this- oh, a scholarship offer.
3: <laughs> There's another guy we've, we're in on waiting to see if he'll give us a, ta- a chance. Chad, thank you, as always, for the time. Enjoy Combine Week. It was fun, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Chad Forbes, again, on Twitter. You'll find him at NFL Draft Bites. As the Combine goes, the on-field workouts don't start till Thursday. They're always exciting, uh, yep. I guess, what, measurements, Uh, meeting with the teams. Well, I mean, the interviews are done, which are, this is, Mm -hmm. by the way, that's right. This is the, uh, Kyrie Elam brought his notebook to the meeting with the Bills last year was at the combine, right? Where he showed him his book of all the stuff that everything he tracked while playing cornerback at Florida. And we're like, wow, guy keeps McDermott, who has loosely folders and notebooks filled with everything. Met a guy who actually does the same kind of concept. So anyway, meetings, medicals. On-field work starts on Thursday and runs through, I think, the weekend at the Combine in Indianapolis. Yeah. All right. So that's we're going to talk more football as the week goes on, but obviously, if you're just joining us, we've been talking a lot of hockey this morning. Mm-hmm. Sabres with a big win yesterday. Great comeback. Great bounce back, I should say, after the Toronto disaster. Uh, so we're talking about that. Uh, the wild card race, the injuries, Tuck, Darlene, the impact on the trade deadline as well. So we wanted to get circle back. To goaltending.
2: Yeah. So we asked Paul about this a little bit and he's still thinking that he doesn't see a trade happening and I think it's probably more likely that they don't do anything. But we did have our first signal mm-hmm. that they could this weekend when Andy Strickland, a respected hockey reporter out of St. Louis, yep. who covers the blues but is plugged in nationally, he'll have he'll have plenty of reports throughout a year about other teams. And he reported that Cam Talbot, starting goaltender in Ottawa, has who is a pending UFA, declined an extension from the Senators and is now likely to be moved. And the three teams that Strickland mentioned were Vegas, L.A., and Buffalo. So that's all we have right now in terms of white smoke that they could be in on a goalie. But it's something. It's something that points to maybe they could do it and i am impressed to even see that they would but i guess i'm also not stunned should it be that surprising if they trade for a goalie and this one in particular let's look at cam talbot as an example because we just Dave, david pagnota last hour kind of said there really isn't a lot in the goalie market john gibson thatcher demko those are like bigger trades yeah. right well,
3: Camp Talbot. Yeah, they're not they're not trading for John Gibson and his contract. No,
2: no, I don't think so. Talbot this year started 26 games. He has a 905 save percentage. The league average is I think is 904. So, he's about average in the league this year. He has a quality start percentage of 69.2%. Mm-hmm. That is the fourth highest in hockey. So, one number says, "Oh, he's been incredible." The other numbers kind of say he's been about average, below average. His goal saved above expected. He's 40th, I think, out of 71. So to different degrees, this guy's been, has been good this year, maybe average.
3: Isn't average an upgrade, though? Over where the Sabres are, yeah. Look, I, I'll tell you this. We've gone back and forth, and I told you, and I, I apologized to Joe earlier for actually thinking Comrie and UPL would be the goalie tandem going forward next season. Honestly, I'm putting a lot of weight in what Don Granado said over the weekend. Yeah. If he said he said they want to try and use Anderson more down the stretch. Okay, so Well do they want to do that or do they feel like they have to do that's that? That's where I'm going. I'm gonna in my head I hear, you know, we're not really so sure about Ryden Comrie and or UPL. Our right. best goalie's been the forty one year old guy, but we couldn't play him that often. But now that we're playing in huge games for the next twenty four games, mm-hmm. we need to play the forty one year old guy more. If I hear you tell me you want to play Anderson more, then I'm gonna take say it as Okay, well, they don't think Comrie or UPL are up to it. Right. Because there are very important games coming up. That, to me, opens the door into the goalie discussion. I would have still said, I think a defenseman's coming more than anything else. If there's one move they make by Friday, I'm 100% certain it would be a defenseman. But would we be stunned if it was the goalie? Not after what Granato said, no. Not after what Granato said, and also... And honestly, it look, does make the, the goalies aren't that good, but you know what? I, I'm guilty of not thinking about it enough because this team outscores its average goaltending. Right. This team is an offense that's, I mean, yesterday, I mean, UPL made some key saves yesterday, right? There were moments in the game where he made a key save. One of them was, um, what, it was 6-4, and I think he maybe stopped Ovechkin right before the end of the second period. Yep. So he makes key saves, but at the end of the day, he gave up four goals on 28 shots. That's not going to help his save percentage. Right. So I, I, I guess, Joe, I'm telling you, I think it would still be a defenseman. Based on what I... If they're really trying to say, we need to play Anderson a little bit more, then no, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a goalie. And Talbot, by the way, is not a guy who blocks anybody's path. This is just a nope. rental for the end rental. of the season to get you in the playoffs. Well, here's another way of asking the question. He's a UFA, right? So this is strictly, right. you're going to help us ensure this team makes the playoffs now yep. because we're not re-signing you in the offseason.
2: Here's another way to ask it. They have 24 games left. Which... Goaltender gives them the both results, the best results, playing the most games. If I told you one goalie is going to play the majority of the games down the stretch,
3: who should it, that name be? I think it, it can't be Anderson. I mean, a majority of the games means he's playing at least thirteen out of I, twenty-four games. That's why I, think, I don't think he can do that.
2: I think the best answer might be a guy like Cam Talbot, who, again, I am recognizing is league average. I think if you told me a league average goalie can play the majority of their games, yeah. I'm improving. So you're
3: going to so it's, it would be Talbot and Anderson. Yes, and UPL goes UPL to play every day at all in Rochester. Comrie is whatever. Comrie.
2: Send him back to Ottawa. Yeah, I, I don't. I really. He seems like a great guy. The teammates seem to love him. I don't need to see Eric Comrie ever play for the Sabres again. I, I don't need to. Right. I'm not saying he can't. I don't well, right need now, to see it though.
3: Right now, assuming if they wanted to keep doing this whole three goalie thing, he'd be the third guy on the depth chart behind UPL and Anderson or Anderson he, and
2: UPL. He, he has a twenty. I mentioned that uh, Talbot this year has a sixty-nine percent uh, expected or uh, quality start percentage, which is the fourth highest in the league. Comrie's at twenty-six percent. That is the fourth lowest yeah. in the league. He just he ain't it right now and. I I don't know how you can continue to play him. Mm. And if you don't, well now I'm at Lucan and he's playing the most games for me. Okay. And he has not earned that since January
3: 1st. If they I wanted to pull up the uh, TSN trade bait board. If they get a go, if they do trade for a goalie. Got to be a guy with no term, right? No term. Well, I don't think it has to You think
2: it could be you, someone for next season. You started the segment saying I was wrong on thinking Comrie and Lucanen would be yeah. their goalies next year. They do need another goalie for next season, so I would not be afraid of a guy with two or three years. No, not at all.
3: Cam Talbot, is, this is TSN's trade bait board, okay? So the yep. highest-rated goalie they have is Talbot at 15, UFA. James Reimer, UFA. Okay. Uh Oh, somebody tweeted me earlier. Vemilk in Arizona, but he's got two years left. 2.73.
2: I don't mind that. I really don't. Because that would lock in country, one either. of my goalies for next year, which I think they need to do.
3: The only other goalie listed in their top 33 on this board... Did I miss some? No. The only other goalie is Jonas Corposalo. He's a free agent. So he'd be and we, a rental, too. We
2: talked about him at the end of last week a little bit. I don't mind the Corpusalo idea either. I, all I'm here to say is, I think the the best possible chance you could give the sabers to make the playoffs is if you told me the goalie that plays the most games
3: the rest of the
2: way is not currently in the organization yeah all
3: right we'll get a break in eight hundred three hundred five fifty to join us if you're on hold hang on we're going to get your calls we this week have stuff to give away yes indeed ladies and gentlemen we have tickets for the upcoming western new york sport and travel expo it's going to be at the fairgrounds in hamburg on March 10th through the 12th if you'd like to try and win tickets right now we have a four pack to give away 221-4947 Evan is standing by to take your calls 221-4947 call number 5 wins a four pack of tickets for one day admission to the Western New York Sport and Travel Expo again at the uh, Hamburg Fairgrounds March 10th through the 12th book your dream hunt or get fishing and hunting gear at special show prices more info at WNY Sports Show Dot .com
4: Selling a little or a lot?
1: Sabres with the gift will bring it in. Pass
3: it across. Here's Cousins! Oh, that was magic! Dylan Cousins shoots and scores. Buffalo to a 6 to 2 lead. Dan does leave me with the call on the cornucopia of goals yesterday from Dylan Cousins. Patrick. The workhorse from Whitehorse. Quick question, then I want to get to some folks who are on hold. Quick question, Joe. If I said to you, I'm. I, I, did, I was going to make this like a, a Twitter poll. I think I ended up making it a web poll. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some. These things have have been happening. What's the thing that you would say, like, before the season, if I told you all this was going on? This is most shocking more than anything else. Okay? I yep. think I have all the main ones. One, Sabres are in a playoff race come March. Two, Tage Thompson's on pace for the first 50-goal season by a Sabre in 50 years. Mm-hmm. Th- Sorry, 30 Th- years. 30 years. Three, Rasmus Dahlin is in the Norris Trophy discussion. Mm -hmm. Four, the Sabres are the second highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. I think... And did I forget anything else in that list of four? Like Um, something else you... I mean, Skinner's on pace for career-high points... Cousins is having a breakout year. Ilya Labushkin
2: scored an overtime goal to win it? That's right.
3: That's right. You got (laughs) it. It's the
2: most amazing thing that's that's happened all season. I was going to ask you what
3: the odds would have been, what kind of betting line you could have gotten for Labushkin in overtime shorthanded.
2: I think the answer probably is that they're second in the league in goals. I I was going to say the Thompson uh, fact because 50 for him. Like, we were talking about regression. Mm-hmm. Like,
3: he's... Could he... What's 30? Yeah, right. Last year was yeah. just crazy.
2: He got $7.1 million. <clears throat> and I remember saying, well, if he regresses a little bit, which is probably likely, he's still worth $7.1 million mm-hmm. if he goes to 32 goals. Or is he still worth $7 million if he scores 30 goals? Like, we were having that talk. He's gone up. Yeah. Significantly. And the assist total, too, on top of that, has... Like, he's already passed last season. So... I was going to say Thompson, but I think it's got to be that they're second in the league in goals. Because that factors in Thompson's mm-hmm. rise. And Daleen. But includes that they're just overall, like, how many players are achieving career success on this team? Look like for Oh, them, I forgot
3: Tuck, by the way. Tuck's Tuck, having a career year.
2: Look at what they needed to be the second highest scoring team in hockey. Thompson had to go from 30 whatever goals, 36, 38, whatever he scored, to he's a 50 goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Tuck had to obliterate his career high in goals. 20 was his high? He had to obliterate that. Darlene had to become a Norris Trophy guy. Skinner's Skin- going
3: to blow by his
2: career yeah. high in points. Skinner's going to get to eighty points this year, which he's never done. Cousins is on a thirty goal pace. Yep. Middlestat's on a fifty point pace. Yeah. Olsson thirty goals. Like, look at all that needed to happen for them to be this this high scoring of a team, but,
3: but it all did. It's not just a one year blip, right, Joe? Please tell me this is not. Uh, maybe um, some of it will
2: regress. That might but be but a good question. Who is most likely to regress going forward? I mean, someone will. Oof, that's a really good question.
3: I don't know that. Um, boy, I don't know that Olison would keep up a thirty. I've things.
2: thought about Tuck for that. Did you? Because Is he's over
3: a point a game. Yeah. Just
2: because he's been in the league longer than these other guys, and he, I mean, his career high before this season was fifty-two points in Vegas, mm. twenty goals. This year, in 57 games, he's had 28 goals and 62 points. But
3: assuming he stays with his line mates, yeah, Thompson's not going to drop, and Skinner is good. He was just, yeah. you know, the blip on the radar was what happened with Kruger.
2: Right. That's why, even in saying I think Tuck might be the guy you'd pick out for this, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even predict that he will. Because, yeah, you're right, Like the, the point to make here is, when he was in Vegas, when he had those that 52-point season and then 38 po- 33 points, He was playing on Vegas' third line. He was not playing with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner.
3: Right. Scrap some calls, 803-0550 to join us. We'll get connected uh, with our fans. Uh, Chuck in Hamburg, you're on WG Argo, right ahead.
0: Hey, guys. Good morning. Happy Monday. Um, You know, Howard, it's very fitting that you're riding off into the sunset and the Sabres are good again. (laughs)
3: It's a little going-away gift from me to you. You're very
0: welcome. Yeah, you know, right. I appreciate that. Does so big much. does um, the Sabers
2: making the playoffs count as big things happen when Howard goes on vacation? Yeah, because I but was still the working vacation. during the season. Okay,
3: <laughs> it's retroactive. Yeah, just, I think okay. it's retroactive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, you know, Howard. I, I just want to thank you, man. You know, you've been such an integral part of my sports talk uh, experience here in Buffalo. I mean, God, man, I remember going back to the Empire Sports Network when they first started broadcasting um, the, the live shows on TV, like, it, you know, it's it's always, um, you know, whenever I would go out of town and you know, listen to other sports talk shows, just always think just, man, like, I'm so lucky to have the guys that we have back home. Um, you know, you are uh, a very important piece of my sports talk memories here in Buffalo, man. Um, you know, from listening to you commiserate about the Mets and I'm a diehard Yankee fan. So I always chuckle about that. I'm sorry Um, to hear that. (laughs) You know, to the the Seinfeld references, man, like I I swear, like you, you are like my spirit animal in sports broadcasting, dude. You are awesome. You know, enjoy your time in retirement. You know, I I hope to God you end up in the, the, I believe there's a hall of fame in some way, shape or form for sports broadcasting, but you belong there, brother. You're great. Uh, we love you here in this community, and you will always be a part of Buffalo. Well.
3: Just remember, a George divided against itself cannot stand
2: it. <laughs> he, I thought you know, Chuck was about to argue for a statue out front.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, let's, you had to be yeah. listening to the earlier part statue of the show worthy? to get
0: that. Chuck, no. statue worthy? No. no. <laughs> and, and just, if somebody could say to him before the week is done that these pretzels are making me thirsty, I would love that. We do need to
2: jam as many Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm in you, for Chuck. Seinfeld Appreciate references it. all these through the week.
0: These pretzels. They're making me thirsty.
2: <laughs> the the oh no, that doesn't work. I was gonna think the the sidefold analogy you'd want here is when George is getting he's getting ousted by his job. They want him to quit, mm-hmm. but he refuses. Yeah. And he keeps like crawling through the vent, like to get back in yeah, yeah. his office. That is they, the like, oppi- They nailed
3: the door shut, right. and he goes through the air vents. And yeah. Everything? yeah, I don't think
2: that really fits because I don't think Howard's Howard's leaving. No, what I, what I <laughs> did opposite. was
3: what you don't understand is you didn't you were not here the day I drove the World Series trophy around the parking lot trying to get ousted.
2: Mm, I did not.
3: So that what I did was I made management want to get rid of me by taking our old Marconi Award trophy from years yeah. ago and throwing it all around the building. Babe Ruth's pants. Babe that's such a great – what right. a great show. That's what right. a great show. It is a great show. I've, been, I've seen it so many times and I'm watching it again on Netflix. I just – whenever I sit down for a few minutes, I'm like, ah, yes. let me go pop on Seinfeld.
2: Seinfeld on Netflix is dangerous for me. It's outstanding. It's just there all the time.
3: So can I say something really quick and not please? I don't mean to come off as a jerk. Don't get me wrong. Chuck, thank you. Thank you very much. It's very nice of Is this to about
2: say. him being a Yankee fan?
3: No, no, no. That, well, that's just, <laughs> that's just, that's just sad. <laughs> I got to stop doing that. No. Believe me, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not – I'm very much grateful for everything that, you know, people are saying. I'm just asking. (laughs) Just don't do this for the next three days. I just – I do not want to – don't call. If you want to do Mm -hmm. this, you can tweet at me or – Friday is my final show. I have no idea what we're doing. Jeremy's putting it all together. He said, don't worry about booking any guests. Don't worry about anything. Just show up Friday. I'm sure we'll have some great times. And believe me, if you want to call and say thank you to me and Jeremy for 18, love it. It's very uncomfortable for me to talk about myself. It's incredibly uncomfortable to get those calls as much as I love them and it's nice. Believe me, it means everything. I swear to God. It means everything that you people love the product we've given you. Please don't do this for the next three days. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't want it. I really mm. If you want to say something that's terrific, save it for Friday, if you can. I don't mind.
2: Friday will be a, will be a, will be a banger, for sure. I'm thinking of coming in drunk.
3: <laughs> is that? Is coming that a, in, or I, I said 10:01? we crack
2: open the no, cake Vodka. No,
3: I was actually thinking of drinking coming during in. the show. Either coming in or drinking during the show. What are they going to do, fire you? Right? <laughs> well, technically. mantra to live by. <laughs> I mean, the technically week. they could. If I'm going to stick around they could, and actually. do pick You're the right. bills with you guys.
2: Yeah. I expect a new open for well, pick the careful. Now me. he's going to try to get
3: himself. So now I, I, I will do the Costanza driving around the lot, dragging the world championship trophy when, with his car. Yep.
2: Yep. Oh, what would the equivalent of that be?
3: Oh, I, you know what? I'm sorry. I forgot. I don't know exactly how he phrased it. But the, son, the, the, the scene where he goes, what, your massive-sized ego when he's interviewing for the job? Yes. And he yells at Steinbrenner for all the moves he's made yes. and your ego and make it. Hire this man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to yes. do so it That's the opposite. I don't want to do the opposite then.
2: You want to do the opposite. I do want to do the opposite. The opposite of all of your instincts. That's, okay. the, that's the George get, That would get me fired. Which, by the way, I don't know if you heard Amy Lawrence on the way in. She was saying that about Aaron Rodgers. Like the George, about? the George Costanza, whatever your instinct says, do the, opposite. Like that's should do the opposite. No, that's essentially what Aaron Rodgers does. Oh. He is the biggest contrarian in all of sports. He just He he does things. I feel like he does things the opposite just because.
3: I have really no desire to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Nobody seems to. you. I will tell you this. I would like him to make up his mind because it's – I don't know if it's holding everything up. Maybe, Maybe. It might be holding up car oh. signing and holding up whatever happens with Garoppolo and whatever else is all – It is. I, I just make up your mind. Make your decision. Figure out what's going on. And let's all move on with the world. I'm tired of him, but I understand – it, it's a cog he, in all of these blocks that have to, or it's a, whatever. It's a block in all these blocks that have to be going on this offseason. He might retire,
2: right? You I, know what? He th- here's why I might think that Brady. Nobody thought Brady was actually going to retire. Everyone thought he was coming back, and he did. I thought for sure he was, and I thought I still
3: think he's coming back.
2: And this is another point where it says like Rodgers doing the opposite and being a contrarian. Everyone thinks and assumes. Well, he wouldn't retire now I don't think because retire. he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be upstaged by Brady in the Hall of Fame ceremony. But he does not want to go into the, the Hall of Fame at the same year that Brady does mm. and make it about him more than or about Brady the more than himself. But I might think the opposite. I think Rodgers might be thinking, "You know what? This is the time I walk away because hmm. it's going to be my stage. I'm not playing second fiddle to Brady. I'm going to do Tom thinks he can have his own huh. ceremony. No, maybe, you know what, maybe I am going to retire now.
3: Okay, see, I think he doesn't retire, and you know why? I think, essentially, he wants to stick at the Green Bay. I think he doesn't retire. He gets himself Uh somewhere that's got, like, actual better offensive weapons. Yep. And puts up, I mean, this last season in Green Bay, not the best. Nope. I think he goes somewhere, maybe doesn't have a... It's a little bit of Brady, right? Brady at the end of New England was not good. Right. Shows up in Tampa and all of a sudden he looks like Brady of in his prime again. Yep. I think Rogers doesn't retire. I think he wants to go someplace else, have success with another team, and go, You see what happens if you actually had decent offensive players around me? I think he plays another year.
2: Hmm. It's almost exactly what Brett Favre was fifteen years ago.
3: Yeah, right. It's the exact same situation. And he kicked around longer than 1 year obviously.
2: Yeah, but it, it's like isn't it the exact same? Like yep. how it's, drama how it's every playing year. out in Green Bay, right? Yeah, right. drama every year. You don't know if the guy's going to retire, you got a rookie on the bench or not even rookie, a first round pick that hasn't played in 3 years. So you've got that guy there and they're going to go to the Jets. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. They're both going to go to the Jets. I, yeah, I just I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion I just feel like he's going I, to say he's, he, he wants to play again. Next
2: I just season. wouldn't want to rule out retirement because this guy does the opposite of everything you think so, he's going to So there
3: do. are three possibilities here, right? He retires. Uh-huh. He comes back and plays in Green Bay. He comes back and plays I, elsewhere.
2: I don't think that option two is on the table.
3: Based you on reports Green we're Bay? hearing, no, right? Isn't there? There were reports last week that they're, they're fed done. up with him and they're done, they're, that he's gone. They're done. But, and, and, and I, doesn't but it have, hasn't been officially said. So, that's right. Um So that is the third of your three scenarios. So what's more likely? Retires or goes and plays elsewhere? Staying in Green Bay probably, is probably
2: probably going elsewhere is more likely. Yeah. I don't think the Green Bay thing is is going to happen. Jordan Love is going into his final year of his contract. You need to f- you need to find out if he is anything worth Would, keeping.
3: Wouldn't they have a 5th year option? Wasn't he wasn't a
2: first they, round pick. They have to make a decision on that. Okay. Would you give him the 5th year option before before knowing whether he's going to be your starter in year four, that's a good question.
3: I would. I think you got to play him. Wow, that's a good question. Well, he's going to play. He's going to be their starter. I don't think Rodgers is back in Green Bay. I think yeah. he plays elsewhere. I don't think he retires, but he's definitely
2: not playing for the Packers. They probably are going to give him the fifth year option, also, right? I know he hasn't played for them, but it's twenty million. I saw it's twenty million it if they do it for him because he hasn't played. Like, and, and that's he has guaranteed, no right? That's
3: fully guaranteed. Fully
2: guaranteed. Huh. Don't they do that? Because if Love plays and all the talk about him lighting it up in practice comes to fruition and he's incredible,
3: you, you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna, it's, here's the thing. If he doesn't play well, if they you, need to find another quarterback and they're on the hook for $20 million.
2: That's true, but if you do pay him, or if you don't pay him, and he lights it up, or even if he's just okay, you're going to have to make a decision on whether to give him a long-term contract next year. And I, I would want more than one year to figure that out with this guy, probably.
3: Well, all right, got to get to break. Joe, you're producing Friday, right? Yes. I need you to find like the best Seinfeld clips ever. Okay. So somebody just tweeted in. Paul tweeted in. If you get drunk on Friday, <laughs> Kramer, quote, you can't fire me. I don't even really work here. I
2: don't even really work here. And then either. the boss says, that's yes. what makes this so difficult, <laughs> right?
3: When he tra- he's working at a business somewhere, and he's handed all these reports, and the guy said, it's like you had no business training. Yes. I don't even work here. Yeah, I need, I'm need. i going to need some Seinfeld clips for Friday, if you don't mind. All right. I right, wrap the show in a moment. Joe and Sal have the Extra point show for you, of course, coming up at 10. Stay tuned for that on WGR.
0: Breaking Sports News airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550 2020 Sports Extendo Sports
2: Drive to Survive Season 5 is out on Netflix
3: You read my mind, that's what I was going to mention I have
2: not started it yet
3: I watched the first show
2: But I can tell you I have bailed on Full Swing I'm going to finish watching,
3: you didn't like it huh? I wouldn't say it's great, but I've watched five episodes. There's some good moments in it. It's fine. It's a little insightful.
2: Not that exciting. That's the
3: thing about Drive
2: to Survive on any good sports documentary. Give me access that I don't otherwise have. And the golf documentary does some of that, right? Like They go to the homes of these players, and they really study the life. I would say, though, the action itself, the golf tournament itself... What does the documentary actually provide me that I don't otherwise have? It's a lot of feed co- and um, from the actual TV feed.
3: Yeah. Whereas a little bit of byplay with the caddy? Where a little bit, but not, not a lot. A lot. No.
2: Drive to survive is like during the race you're hearing the pit manager you're hearing you're hearing the the driver you're you you're watching d- them behind the which, scenes which by the way you
3: can hear during the live race just not as much as they right, they not do as much. more in different parts of it and drive to 5 than they do during the actual race telecast
2: and because it's also a team aspect of things i think that helps too because you'll get guys screaming at each other like behind the scenes um, and there's just more action like it's it really when it comes down to it
3: i love golf i watch more golf than i watch f1 but come on, F1's a more exciting well, I think, product. I think what what F1 tries to... F1 does focus, at least when they first started the series a few years ago. They did focus on like a couple of teams each race. But they show enough from the race itself. They don't just hone in on how did Mercedes do or how did Red Bull do. Yeah. They cover the race. What I think I've seen so far through Full Swing, Joe, is they do tend more on the individual golfers they are focusing on rather than when they get... They, they do jump back and forth from tournaments. There's no... Chronology, yep. right? They could do the PGA Championship at Tulsa. I think Justin Thomas won. A few episodes later, it's I don't know Joel Damon at the PGA at the same tournament. There's a jumping around, yep. and and they're just there's no rhyme or reason as to how they get the golf tournament stuff covered. It just it goes back to which guy are we focusing on in that episode. So it's yeah. structured a little bit differently.
2: That I don't like too because the F one I like how it, it just goes there's a through natural the chronology. Season. Yeah,
3: full like, swing jumps. All over the place.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's a tough bar to live up to. It is. I mean, Drive to Survive is a perfect sports documentary. Every time it comes out, first race um, Sunday, and the first race is Sunday. Yep.
3: Hey, you want to do a show?
2: I'll do a show. You and Sal? I'm ready. Just Sal, of putting I'm, you guys together. I've not. Ta- it's a good idea. I don't think I've not Thanks. talked to Sal since Wednesday, other than a couple of texts here and there. He was at the Lightning game on Thursday night. Saw, in Tampa. saw the pictures they were tweeting out. Yep. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the Labushkin goal. Which, by the way, I don't know if you have an answer to this. I asked this question on Friday. That is the most unlikely overtime hero in Buffalo sports since when?
3: Ever? Could it be ever? i trying to think of overtime playoff goals where it would come from.
2: I'll I'll tell you, I learned of a person named Ed Ronan on Friday.
3: Oh, yeah, who's Ed Ronan? Oh, yeah, we used to play the who's Ed Ronan game. That was a game? Yeah. I didn't know who Ed Ronan was. He's one of a handful of guys over the years ago, who's Ed Ronan?
2: Scored an overtime playoff goal for the Sabres. It's right up there. Played the next game and then was never seen in the NHL again.
3: Couldn't tell you anything about him. Can you also find some, we didn't find time to yell and scream at the NHL and Eric Chernak. Eric, you're on my you-know-what list. That's two elbows to the heads of Sabres players. He got a two-game suspension for the elbow to Oposo. Yep which is exactly what he got for Darlene in 2019. Two games. So that first off, you are a repeat offender, mm. and yet the suspension was the same as it was last time and twice against the Sabres. I'm not in for head hunting. I'm just saying March 4th against Tampa, someone needs to go after Eric Chernick. In a clean, mm. not cheap way, someone needs to go after him. Wow. Lucic Gostad style right off the f- opening that's face-off? two elbows against the same team yep. in three years, four years, whatever it is. And that's he, a bogus suspension length.
2: He really is lucky. By the way, a Poso, a,
3: too. Right. He,
2: he is lucky a Poso did not get a concussion. That was
3: scary. He a had to be Poso, for him.
2: with his concussion history, uh-huh. he's a bad hit like that away from maybe never playing again. again. I, as right. I, I'm sure or, really from, every player From has, a health
3: standpoint. He was in a really bad place the last time he so, dealt with that.
2: So, right. Anyway. And I'm just imagining, like, mm-hmm. if that had been worse and oposo had been injured, yeah. that game on Thursday, we wouldn't have gotten the Labushkin goal, I bet, because it would have gotten
3: ugly. I think so. Yeah. All right. Extra Point Show's on the way. Joe and I back tomorrow morning at 6. Have a great day.